Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode. 15 good minutes here with the A-Team. Freddie, how are you today, man? Pretty good. Happy post-Thanksgiving to everyone. Yes, indeed. Yeah, what's happening, man? Uh, nothing, man. You know, just taking care of myself. Uh, ain't too much for Thanksgiving. And... No such thing, man. No such <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's not what my doctor <laughs> said. <laughs> so, so listen, um, I, I thought about doing something interesting, and I actually talked to, to JR about it a little bit. Um, there's a buddy of mine who's actually a doctor, but he's an NCAA coach and he coaches field hockey and he had to make a tough decision, uh, to, to, to quit, to, to give up the coaching side of it. And, um, I found, I found his reasoning, um, I'll say synonymous with some of the reasons that I got out. So I basically asked JR to cue this one up for us today, since all of us have spent years in coaching, just kind of. You know, I want to go over today, you know, what brought you in, what you liked, what you didn't like, and then why you why you got out. So um, so for those of you guys that don't know, uh, Freddie was a a high school football coach uh, for a number of years, uh, especially here in the DMV in Northern Virginia. Uh, JR and I both coached basketball also at the high school level level in both years. uh, both of us in Maryland at the same two schools. That's kind of been the background. So um, I want to start with you, Freddie, first, because a lot of these teams people be calling me. I, my status says I'm not here. Hold up. Well, if you, I, answer, I want to start. if you answer, that means you are here. I know, but I just exited. it. <laughs> um, I'm going to start with you, Freddie. Um, what got you into coaching? Um, for me, it, it really was um, one loving the game. I think to coach it, you have to love it and want to know more about it, and um, you have to be a people person. Um, you know, in in our case, these were high school kids, so you have to you know like youth and um, be willing to you know teach them and mentor them not only just about whatever the sport, you know, that they're playing, but just about, you know, life lessons, you know, because everybody's not going to get a big one scholarship. Everyone's not going to go to the league, you know, so it, it's it's about embedding, you know, the, the things that really matter in life because everybody can't go. Everybody can't go. Everybody's not going to go. Most of them won't go. Right. So, you know, it's just, that that is really what it was for about for me. Okay. Okay. Um, JR, you got into coaching. I'm going to guess 2003, 2004, somewhere in that yeah, time frame. I, well, that was that level. My, my original coaching was back in the day when we were in the military. Uh, I started out in a much easier league. It, it, it's coaching, but it's more like parenting, psychologists and uh, T-ball leagues, uh, junior basketball leagues i'm talking about before they they really get interested in playing basketball these are kids are just rolling the ball as a pass as opposed to passing it to someone you know uh and like watching a youth soccer game where 12 yes. people are following the ball around like one big big mass of people <laughs> a fundamental and it was kind of odd it was kind of crazy because i always love kids right and uh when we were in the military we had to do certain things all of us were in the military you know you had to 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 Cross certain T, across your T's and dot these I's if you wanted to be, you know, get 
notice notice for various things, uh, possibly steps or honorary or anything like that for the military. And so uh, that's how I actually first got into it. It wasn't, I never, I never was one that had to coach. I coached because my kid was playing. So that's what got you into it. You were that, 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 that parent that answered the, answered the call. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that, that's how I actually got into it. Fortunately, uh, as time moved on, uh, we moved here to, to, to Maryland. Well, you to Virginia first and then to DC, you know, to DC, we lived on the same base and then we moved off and then you were coaching out in Centerville, I believe. And I said to myself, I said, man, why I, you know, get out and stuff like that. And then sometime in 2003, I was fortunate enough to, to, to catch on with uh, you, uh, Coach Howard and uh, Coach Ward at Largo. Uh, and it's, you know, it was like in 2003 and we just went on from there, you know, and it, that's that's how I actually got it. Yeah, I think I think it's synonymous with all of us. Um, I got into coaching because I got hurt as a player. And it was something that one of my teammates basically said, and I'm paraphrasing, yeah, you ain't that good a player anyway. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so this is when I was still active duty. So I started coaching in, while, while I was in the Air Force uh, in Florida um, at, a, at a semi-competitive level. And I liked it. I, I didn't know I would like it. We basically had a situation. Coach didn't show up. You had to have somebody who was going to be that guy. I wasn't a player coach at that point. Um, and then military moved me back to this area. <clears throat> I started coaching actually for the CIA. People didn't know that. Now it's, it's you know, you can talk about it. Um, very competitively. Um, and then when I left there, uh, I wanted to, to try my hand at, at doing it at the high school level. Now, back then I'm dating myself. There was this thing called fax machines, right? So the fax machine was something where you could take a piece of paper, you stick it in the machine and then it shows about the other end. Another piece of paper. This is probably predates Freddie. So what I did one day was I didn't know enough about high school coaching. I wrote one fax and I would change the name. I looked up every name of all these different schools. And all I changed was the, the name of the coach. And I sent these faxes out saying, hey, I do this. I really want to do whatever. I sent faxes to 17 schools. Went on a trip. Came back. I had one answer. <laughs> one out of 17. And the guy said, tell you what, come by the school. So I came by the school, to your point, GR was Centerville. And uh, it, they were doing open gym at the time. And, he, and Coach Sewell was like, you bring your stuff? I'm like, what stuff? He said, you know, do you play? I said, yeah, I play. He's like, okay, suit up. And he did the interview over three on three, which was just, I never had that happen before. And so I, I owe everything from coaching at the level that I did it to, to coach Mark Sewell because he brought me in. We did an interview and, uh, and that's the, that's the way I met Ward and, and it just kind of went on, went on from there. Um, so now I'm going to pivot and say um, to you, Freddie, um, biggest, biggest uh, reward. And, and it can be whatever you want. There, there's been so many rewards. I mean, and you know, when you coach a kid that, comes to you the first day of practice with Asperger's as you know yeah. um, and he says he wants to play quarterback obviously I'm the head coach um, he wants to tell you you know you have Asperger's and you watch his mannerism and things of that nature and you you know I can't trust you at, at, at the quarterback spot I can't I can't do it but 
you know, he stuck with it. A great student. You know, mm-hmm. he just had a situation, you know, to where that kid, while he didn't become a quarterback, he became um, a tight end slash defensive end. Ultimately, he ended up getting a four-year scholarship. Yeah, wow. you did. Um, you know, one of the biggest ones was uh, beating Chase Young as <laughs> a freshman. Uh in, in in high school. That's right. Um, you know. Congratulations. Well and done. He, and and he, he was a beast. I like it. I like it. JR, you coached for over 20 years at this level, not even counting what you did before you got here. Uh biggest reward for you was uh was what? Uh-uh. I think probably one of the biggest rewards was the cohesiveness that our staff brought together i mean we had like four or five individuals and it's like we work like clockwork i'm talking about everybody knew what they were supposed to do and i think from that we got great performance and respect from the kids because they see you know what i'm saying yeah if they needed a towel they need they need to know what they know where they needed to go if they needed to know how much they scored how much they how many blocks they had how many they knew they could depend on getting that answer within minutes while playing the game, sure. so they they saw our uh, our uh, what I say our functionality, which I think possibly rubbed off on them doing what they did. I know in the early days those kids would would run through walls. You know what I'm saying, sure. and so I think that's a testament of of what we did. I could not. I don't think I could be a head coach, but I think I could coach and be an assistant coach to, to show you could. It takes a certain mentality. To deal with the kids, the parents, and the parents are sometimes worse than the kids, and my temperament is not there for that. I understand that. Now, I, I would say, like both you guys, the, the rewards for me far outweigh any negatives. Uh, I think Freddie touched on it. Uh, for me, it's it's having a positive impact on somebody else because I'm telling you, somebody, some coach did it for me too when I know I probably shouldn't have made that team, just like the example that Freddie gave to that kid, you know, but somebody did. And so twofold for me is one, um, leaving a positive impact. Uh, one of the things that I would do often because, you know, I'm an, I'm an IT person by trade. And one of the things I would do is, is always take our varsity kids to different places in Northern Virginia where a lot of high tech is and, and let them see, the other side of Coach Brown and the relationships that I have, to Freddie's point, the lion's share of you cats aren't going to play beyond college. So you have to be smart enough and you too can work in this environment. And when you take a kid to something, to an environment like that, where, you know, you're in a studio setting that's surround and I got everything set up and they're interacting in real time with people from California and all over the world, it changes their perspective of who you are as a man and as a coach. And it helps make the connection that I'm not just telling you, that you can't play at the next level because you're not a good person. I'm telling you, you don't have the talent. However, if you focus on those grades and those studies, et cetera, and you go to college and we get you that scholarship, go to class, come out with that degree. And you too can work at a Microsoft or Yahoo or one of these companies like that. And then I'd say the second part was the uh, relationship that I formed with the other coaches, like JR said, especially the guys on our staff. There is no way. I would have done it 25 years without anyone other than those guys. 
Um, because if you know, it, there were no egos. Seriously, there, there, there were no egos. Um, doesn't mean that we didn't argue. We had some 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 epic arguments in closed quarters. You know what I mean? Like most coaches do. We did want to win. Um, we we were so bad when I started that they would run the clock on us. And for those of you that don't know what that means, it's like it was a mercy rule. We'd be getting beat so bad. And we turned it around to the point where we went to four um four um state championship level games, you know, um winning one of them. So for me, I think the bond that I have with with these coaches, and to Freddie's point, to this day, no kidding, you know, I still get texts and calls on my birthday from players that I that I coached in like 2001, 2002, grown men with children themselves. Kids still come back to the school to work your camps and your clinics, et cetera. Um, that's, that's when you really get to see, you know, the impact that I think collectively we, we, we've all had. Um, last question I, I have, and I'm going back to you first too, Freddie. Um, why did you stop coaching? I can say for myself, um, when I got into coaching in 2006, um, I was married first time um and i and it was just my my spouse and i at the time and i sacrificed so much of of, of my time and and a and, and you know from a relationship standpoint or whatever yeah. you know obviously you sit back and think about it and compartmentalize and you put things in perspective you know but i coached from 20 2006 to like 2019 um 2019 it, it was just I, when i sit back and i think about it you know obviously i'm not gonna say oh coaching was what caused you know your marriage not to work out um obviously there's other things but had i focused more because it was literally i, I get up you know i'm leaving home at 5 30 in the morning Yes, sir. You know, get to work, you know, by seven, you know, leave at two thirty, three o'clock. Practice is at four. You know, you don't practice over until six. Then you got team meetings, coaches meeting, yada, yada. Then you got to deal with parents, administration stuff or whatever. You don't get home until nine. Sometimes you got to watch practice film. Sometimes you got to watch um, scout film, you know, work with other coaches regarding putting the game plan together. Did you cover this? You cover that? This so on and so forth. By the time you really sit back and look at it, it's eleven o'clock. Easily. How you doing? You know, you know. And for me, it was just one of those things to where I felt. I felt for me, I had gave as much as I could give. And and when I walked away, you know, obviously I was I was already divorced and and, and whatnot for a, a few years or whatever the case may be. But it was just one of those things for me. I was just. I just said, I just want to be a spectator now. I got you, Jr. Why'd you leave? Uh, why'd you leave coaching? Well, I, I, it was a, uh, it was more of a medical decision for me. You know, after the transplant in in uh, last year, you know, I uh, I had to slow up because uh, my body had real. You know, some uh, operation like a kidney transplant, you really need to heal, heal. And to this day, I'm still not right, you know. So uh, this is just to me that was the main thing was was that you know I was so, I was really uh, sorry to have to leave the way I had to leave, but if you don't, you only you're gonna heal your own body, you know. 
And so uh, it was a grind. And I know that the, I know Lou and them, they could have said, Mace, don't just take your time. And they always, you know what I'm saying? You know how they are. Take it, do what you can do. But yeah. if you can't, if you can't give everything that you do want and feel you need to give, that don't make you, that don't, it doesn't make me feel bought in a hundred percent anymore. So, you know, uh, like I said, this day I'm, I'm, I'm healing, I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm working, but I'm not in a physical shape I need to be in to, you know, to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's probably a combination. I mean, for me, I think Freddie hit on something really key and a lot of people, me, I, I didn't recognize that that grind is for real. There were times when, uh, you know, I would see Freddie in the gym at work. No fool. We both had bags. If, if if he had a game day on Friday night and I had a game, we're in the gym working out. You got what you came to work in. You got your game day where we talk about who's playing. With, and then, boom, you on the road. You started first thing in the morning. And then for me, you know, I'm working with Freddie in Herndon, Virginia, and I'm coaching in Largo, Maryland. Boom. Got to get on. the. I'm driving to get there to get there in time for the JV game. Cause I had to, when I'm on a game day mode, people at work just don't even talk to me. I ain't thinking about y'all. I'm thinking about everything else. And I could never get right until I was in the gym and sitting down and just an empty gym really. Cause nobody was coming to watch JV at the time. Yeah. And then the game's over. I would either go to dinner with the staff or have to collect stats or do whatever. At this point, drive home, get home, get on the computer, take the film that we got from the managers, upload said film I couldn't watch it and just critique it. I'm watching the whole game over again. I break it all down. And then first thing in the morning, I'm sending an email out. And before you know it, for me, it was one in the morning easily. Secondly, I would say to Freddie's point, it takes a, a different kind of person to be the spouse of a coach. I'll just say it like that. You, for the most part, either have to have been an athlete yourself or coach yourself or understand it because Freddie is right. Mentally and emotionally, I know I wasn't there. And I'm not just talking about during basketball season, camps, clinics, all of that stuff. Your phone's ringing all times of the night. Somebody has to talk about something. There's just things going on. And I know some really good guys that would have been excellent coaches, but just, just couldn't because of the family dynamic. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. So I didn't recognize how serious that grind was until I left. But I left because I thought the parent-child dynamic was changing a little bit too much for my taste parents enabling kids more and more kids showing up at tryouts and they couldn't dribble with their left hand. And then the parent thinks it's my job to teach them at the high school level, how to dribble 94 feet with your offhand. Um, enablement. I saw that. And then I started to also see it from my administration also, you know, looking for equity and playing time. And there's, you know, I get all the inclusion. I really do. But I always felt that my number one job at the high school level was to get your child a scholarship so that you as a parent don't have to pay. My job wasn't to get him into the league, but I could get you into a D2 or a D3 or start you off with you. I could make it so that your child could get a degree and cost you nothing, right? That was my focus. And I found that I was more and more at odds with parents, right? And, and parents were more separate. When we started off, as an example, Freddie, the team had to go to a game and come back on a bus regardless. When me and Mace finished, It'd be nothing for a parent to be hanging around outside the locker room. I want, I want to take Freddie home with me. And, and I'm thinking, but that's not how it works. Freddie needs to be on the bus with his teammates, and you need to be back there. You know, and, but then it got to also now the team is spreading out before we could even dissect what just happened to us, win or lose. So 
I would say this, that I think uh, each, you know, each one of you guys and, and as well as some of the people that you worked with uh, have, have, you know, imparted uh, such good, good wisdom and things on so many people that you may or may not even be aware of. Um, and for that, you know, I thank you. Same thing that I told Tim earlier, once he made the, the agonizing decision to stop coaching, you know, at, at his level, um, focus on the things that you did when you were there, you know, become the fan that Freddie is now. You can still watch a game from, from a coaching perspective, but when you were all in and you gave it everything you had, that's, that's the best I think you can do as a coach. And I think that as long as people are continuing to do that, the, the youth will be served well um, because without volunteers, which is what all of us were, um, without volunteers, a lot of these kids would uh, would not make it into, into adulthood. So uh, that's kind of what we wanted to do today is just kind of talk to you guys a little bit about uh, where we came from, how we got where we were, why we're not there anymore. Before we break out, I want to ask the guys if they got something to say. Freddie, you got something to say today? You guys watch college football? One hundred percent. I got I got it on my board right here. I just well, didn't mention. It. <laughs> I, I'm just uh, and I'm going to try to keep it keep it short and sweet. Uh, this whole you know Florida State shouldn't be in because I'm a Florida State guy. Don't let nobody tell you that. No, you know, no, no. You know, that's not even a conversation. You know, Florida State is in. I, I if they win, I've made so had so many conversations. I had so many conversations with these SEC homers. You know, and for um, you guys, just so honest, you guys know something, a bit of history. Not a lot of you know this. Uh, I forgot what they were called. <laughs> they, they weren't chat groups. They were forums or whatever. Back in the day, one of the one of the Florida State forums kicked Freddie out of the forum. He got banned. Oh, you remember that? Oh, <laughs> no, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that because he wasn't having it. He wouldn't take it if he wasn't right. And he stood up for himself. And them Bama's kicked him out. And I was like, see, you should have never been in that group in the first place. Now go, go ahead with your story. I remember that. You know, but, you know, it was just one of these things, you know, like I told everyone. And I'm, I'm glad the um, the college football chairman, you know, he came out. He said, yes, they're a different team without Travis. Um, we, the news flash. We all know that, right? We all know that if you watch them. Um, but if they win in an ACC championship game, we're in. Yeah, I think Freddie had something to say. You think so? Yeah, yeah. What Freddie said, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. How about you, Joe? You got something to say? No, nah, man. I, I'm good. I'm good, man. <laughs> I would say, and my son, I, I really did write down. Um, my I got something to say. Probably is in line with Freddie's. And I looked at like, okay, so this show releases on Friday. Um, I think that the uh, for me, Oregon Washington game is big. Tonight on Friday, sorry to see what's happening with the Pac-12, but both those teams are battling. I'm looking forward to that. I don't even have to ask you guys, would you be watching this weekend? Because there's some really good college football games on this weekend that will have a significant impact on, you know, the the NCAA football playoff. So um, that was it. That's all we got time for. Uh, I'll leave it with that. Uh, like I say, hopefully uh, everybody will have an opportunity to watch some sports this weekend. Um, have a little fun. We look forward to uh, getting with all you guys again next week. We're out. <laughs>